Hello and welcome to the Vorthos cast. I'm Jay Anelli. I'm Lorelai Weissel-Labrizzi. I'm Chris Delano. And I'm kind of a big shot, Carrie Thomas, from uh, the Vorthos <laughs> cast live panel. You might have seen it on YouTube or live in Philadelphia. Oh my goodness. Wow. I didn't know I was in the presence of a famous person. Yeah, I saw a lot of Wizards people there. I didn't really say hi to them. They didn't recognize me, but like, maybe they did. They just were like too shy, you know, because I'm big shot, you know? Literally everyone was too afraid to come near you. I think that's what it was. <laughs> you should have seen the, the look Blake was giving you in the green room. <laughs> I don't. I don't know if he looked at me. And we'll cut this from the podcast because I want to I want to respect Blake. <laughs> you say that, but I'm going to have to remember to cut it from the podcast. You just had to be a big shot, did you? Yeah. So what is this episode, huh? So today we are going to talk about our MagicCon Philadelphia panel. Uh, so we're going to talk about the experience with MagicCon. Uh, we were all invited out as a fan panel. Uh, we will talk about pros and cons. So like if you are another content creator who is thinking of applying to do a fan panel, the next one's in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Uh, just things to keep in mind, right? Um, and we'll talk about, you know, what goes into putting together, you know, a successful proposal. Do we have to apply for the one in Minneapolis, too? I'm not going to hats in that. Should yeah, we, uh, sorry. Not, as a, wait fa- for them not as a fan us. panel. No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. So th- let, we'll, we'll put this out there first. So fan panels, we received uh, speaker badges, which got us into the command zone, uh, got us into the convention for all three days. Um, I didn't actually test it. I don't know if it would have gotten us into any of the Black Lotus stuff, but uh, we, we didn't try and do any of that anyway. Uh, I, I, I will say I did try to use it to sit down across from uh, Reed Duke in the PT finals, and they said that I'm not allowed to jump in at the last moment and win the whole damn thing. So uh, oh, can confirm that that is sorry. not a benefit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we also got swag bags on the last day uh, because, you know, they, they probably wanted to make sure that if they were investing in us, they were going to keep us there to the last day and we wouldn't take our swag bags and run. <laughs> we got swag bags on the last day, which I think were roughly equivalent to the command zone uh, swag bags, swag whatevers. Uh, the I don't remember. I think they were similar. The, it know. was. It had the uh, the arc. It was a the back the Timbuktu backpack. It had the arcane signet. It had the um, we had a secret the layer? Atraxa deck box and Atraxa playmat. Play yeah. And then it had three convention boosters, three one uh, draft boosters, and three one collector boosters, I think is what it was. Oh, it my pack had like nine draft boosters we had, in we it. We had nine draft boosters. Uh, oh, was it nine draft yeah. boosters? I might be getting it confused with some because <laughs> I so I had I had bought tickets as well. So I went I went I had like four different swag bags <laughs> with various things, but the. Uh, the, the the stuff we got was 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 fairly nice. Um, if we had bought tickets on our own to go, it would have been you know several hundred dollars more expensive. I will say, I, I opened mostly duds in my packs. Doesn't matter; they were still really cool, and I appreciated them. Uh, the backpack is really good. It's like a really nice backpack. It's, it's a nice the backpack, backpack is neat. 
That yeah. is going to be my uh, Commander Knight backpack from now on. The uh, tracks of playmat and deck box and sleeves, I believe, were also convention exclusives. So that's like a mm-hmm. nice little bit of... I was, about, I was about to say a nice little bit of history, but that sounds really corny. Uh, <laughs> uh, but I like it's cool. True, they though. look really good. The tracks art is fantastic. Yeah. Uh, the the Phyrexian on it says "Embrace Perfection," I believe. Ooh, who's perfection? Uh, let me just double check. Let's see. Oh, it says surrender to perfection. Sorry, what? surrender to perfection. That's a different kind of interaction that we're not going to talk about on the show. <laughs> <laughs> we are we are a family friendly show uh, sometimes. <laughs> Mostly. Uh, so, yeah, so I guess let's get this out of the way at the front. Uh, we did pay for our own travel in our own hotels. We did need to book those ourselves. Uh, you know, financially, if you are applying for this, make sure that it is financially reasonable for you to do so. Like, don't sign up for it and expect, you know, to be all expenses paid. So I was a paid guest at Magic 30 as part of a Wizards of the Coast sponsored panel. This time around, I was not a paid guest as part of a fan panel at MagicCon Philly. Uh, MagicCon Philly was close by to me, and it was the one that would be easiest to get the whole Vorthos cast, get the whole crew together again for the first time since GP Atlanta in 2019. So it was easy to make that decision because it was something I would have wanted to go to anyway. But like, I wouldn't apply to do it to Minneapolis where I have to pay for flights and hotels and everything there. Yeah, it's basically only the central location that saved us. Lorelai is nearby, Jay's nearby. Um, Brian and Chris could fly up and I I drove a sweet little seven hours to get there. So (laughs) we uh, well, when it was originally going to be in like Charlotte, it would have been way more central to all of us. Yes. Yeah, but then it would have been in North Carolina. So also true. Also true. Anyway, so let's talk about the process itself. Uh, We applied for the panel. We had, uh, as a group, we came up with a a bunch of concepts. Uh, One was to do a recap, a deep recap of the Phyrexia All Will Be One story. Uh, Another one was to do a catching up with the Planeswalkers and just go through every Planeswalker we could fit into an hour and talk about them. Uh, and the last one was to do what we did, which was a overview of the last few years of Magic Story as like a catch up. Yeah, I think th- I think that was definitely our expected and safe pitch. Um, yes. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's a really good point, because when you are pitching, don't necessarily just pitch anything. Think about what they want. Think about what has been at the previous panels. Uh, Think about what is timely for this event uh, and go from there. Like, I I would love to do another panel like this around this time next year, which is all Mm -hmm. I will say. I think, I think, yeah, I mean, it would be really cool to do. We're going to be a bunch more Mm -hmm. stories in and uh, just like kind of keeping people caught up with stories is cool. Yeah, I like that idea. I hope Magic Cons continue past this year. Uh, and I hope we get invited out, you know, based on the the at very least the YouTube numbers. Uh, our panel did extremely well. We are the most watched panel uh, from the convention outside of the preview panel itself. Which was right after us. I think it would be really cool to do this like 
every year, every other year, because it was super hard fitting like five years of story into one hour. Um, it was it was not easy. There was a lot to cover. <laughs> I think it was some. I think it was like Quinn in our in our Discord who was like, "Wow, there sure were a whole lot of sets." <laughs> I was yeah. like, "Yeah." Well, and, and, and this was not even talk. Like we had a whole standard set, uh, Adventures in the Forgotten Realms, which contributed nothing. So like, mm-hmm. we skipped it. <laughs> It was, it was not magic cannon. I guess we had an extra set though, right? Because we had we had Crimson Val, so I guess, uh, I guess it evened out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was definitely very difficult to like condense all of it, and it would be nice to have been able to spend more time on like the each individual story rather than just having to like glaze over some of them. Like speaking of Crimson Val, the only line from Crimson Val was basically like, yeah, and Soren was there and it was his, his grandpa's wedding. That's that was Crimson Val for you. Yeah, I mean, a big part of it was that the purpose of the story summaries is also to prepare people for March of the Machine. So we put a lot more focus on the things that were going to matter for March of the Machine. So sets like Kamigawa Neon Dynasty and Kaldheim and Streets of New Capenna got a little more time. And then obviously the... Um, there's uh march is kind of the end of this four set arc uh dominari united brothers war all will be one and and march and uh so those sets got like a lot more focus um because there's also just a lot more relevant things with them so uh real quick should i should i read off what we wrote for the pitch sure so the the pitch uh we split into who and what uh, so the one thing I will say about who is when you're doing a pitch like this, uh, humility does not really serve you well. You need to sell yourself. Uh-huh. So the who is the Vorthos cast is the longest running and most popular magic story podcast. And by MagicCon Philly will have produced over 250 hour long episodes over the course of five years. Hey, the hey. podcast. Pause. Pause. Happy five years, Vorthos cast. It's, Happy five years. It's That's our right. Five year anniversary. Five year anniversary. Literally when this episode comes out. Five years. That's messed up. Mm-hmm. That's longer than I've done any other story <laughs> podcast. So. <laughs> That's longer than no. I've done this story podcast, actually, because I have been gone. <laughs> <laughs> I I will say I can I only got away with some of the things I wrote there because the Lorgoifs have been defunct for a while now. Otherwise, like we're the second most. I yeah. probably would have lied and just said we're the most the most popular and longest running. Anyway, but you know the point about this is to sell yourself. I, I would not have lied, but I would have framed things differently. All right, finish the who pit. The podcast is a regular feature on the Daily MTG website, and two of the co-hosts have gone on to work as freelance writers for Wizards of the Coast. The hosts of this podcast know what they're talking about and have been hired because of it. Now, when I say when I say humility doesn't serve you well, like you need to talk yourself up. I don't care if you're a 200 listener podcast, like talk yourself, talk up your strengths. Obviously, we have a lot of strengths, but talk up your strengths. 
Uh, and then the what? So the what we left it a little bit open. We had three those three potential pitches. We did not write a separate one for each. Um, basically, the concept was we would do a live episode. The Vorthos cast would like to host a Vorthos cast live panel with the members of the podcast covering one of three possible ticket uh, topics. The selection of a specific topic will depend on the themes of the event, what stories have been published up until that point, and what is approved by Wizards of the Coast staff. Those topics are one story in review, which we talked about, catching up with the story, and catching up with the Planeswalkers. And then obviously the where and when is MagicCon Philly in 2023. Uh, so it went pretty well. I mean, we, we got accepted. We got accepted for... The one that we thought we would get accepted for, which is talking about the story arc from post-war until Phyrexia all will be one. Yeah, it turns out when we pitched this, uh, unbeknownst to us, they were already planning to do a panel uh, all on March of the Machine. So it worked out that we would uh, kind of lead up to that. We literally led up to it. So that was perfect. Yeah, uh, when, anytime you're applying for anything in the world from like jobs to grants to whatever. Uh, never underestimate the incredibly helpful value of pure luck and happenstance. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you what, like my life has been made significantly better by pure luck and happenstance Jay, on a regular basis. Jay, I have, I'm 34 and my entire life has me just been falling ass backwards into things. I can't tell you any source or structure of success things just happen to me and i don't understand why and it's worked out pretty okay so far <laughs> so i'm not gonna complain there's a certain element of being in the right place at the right time and uh lorelei is a little modest about this but lorelei is really good at networking in a, an organic way that makes people want to hire her. Who the fuck said I was modest about that? <laughs> Just because I didn't talk. I'm not modest about anything. First of all. Networking uh, in an organic way. It's the mycelium network is what it is. Uh, yes. It's true. When you have like fungal strands that can mind control people, it's really easy to. Uh, uh, no, I'm just, uh, I always say I just have a high charisma stat. Um I think I'm pretty fun to be around and pretty fun to talk to and pr pretty interesting wow. person. And uh, sometimes you just like, like literally it's just vibe and be nice and be friends with people because anyone who is in a position to change your situation can smell the bullshit if you're only interacting with them with the intention of getting them to change your situation. Um just genuinely be kind and excited about things and be nice to people. And then like when opportunities come up, you are in a position to do things about them. You can't force opportunities. I mean, that's how this podcast started. Like, yep. I will not. The three of us. Yep. I will not speak for the other two of you, but I was moderately jealous of you guys before I became your friends. Like, that is a statement of fact, and I was good. Um, yeah, and, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> and I'm still uh. jealous of you. Give me your jobs. Uh, <laughs> but like, I just see people interact like this, and sometimes it's people interacting with our content, and sometimes it is people just interacting with 
Jay's asks, but it is uh, <laughs> like when you go into a mindset of like, if I can correct this person, then they'll deem me worthy. Like, hey, nobody likes being corrected. Like magic players are um, kind of prone to that and love correcting other people, which is endless sorts of entertainment aside from everything else. But like, I just genuinely envied both of them. And once I was able to throw that away and kind of just be a normal fucking person about the situation and just be like, well, if I'm just like friends with them, then we can do cool stuff together. And they know a lot more about different segments of this game than I do. Um, we can create something fun. And that's how that's how the podcast started, because it was Jamie and Lorelai just kind of um, wanting to take a stab at making a what was then dominaria recap podcast because because <laughs> dominaria was coming out and it was quite the quite the dig now I, i'll just say as someone who fell ass backwards into this podcast three years ago uh, i have never once tried to be any of y'all's friend um so he, you literally that, took us out to way. brunch chris yeah that that did happen. That did happen. I will say, I did. I did <laughs> take you out way to brunch. Into the podcast. I see. <laughs> okay. Anyway, let's let's talk about the panel, and then uh, if we have more time, we'll talk about the the podcast itself. Um, yeah. So we honestly, when I submitted this, I thought there were going to be like a bunch of side panels, not two fan panels on the main <laughs> stage, which yeah. is the best I can tell. So that was certainly a different expectation. Uh, now, I had done that before, but it certainly makes the stakes a little bit higher when we're definitely being recorded and put on the Internet and we're in front of a crowd of 60 plus people. Uh, I don't know how many chairs exactly there were. The, I couldn't, there were I couldn't a lot really more than it. that. There were, there were uh, might have been 160 people. Yeah, probably close to that. Yeah. yeah. And I, I would say our audience was maybe, I don't know, three fifths full, four, four fifths full that, somewhere it in there. It's like pretty so that was the other thing is is we found out we were going to be on the main stage like i i also thought we were going to be in like a side room and a side panel like 40 chairs at most yeah uh and then we we're like oh main stage is that correct and then uh we when we got to the venue i looked at the size of what the audience would be and it was like oh god what if we like walk out onto the stage on sunday and there's like 10 people down here i'm going to cry people so it was just going to be the, the all the vorthos cast patrons <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so so to give people an idea of our experience with that was uh we received an acceptance email on january 6th <laughs> Of course we did. Uh, letting us know that we've been accepted um, with like not a lot of other information in the email. Like it wasn't like telling us all these details. Uh, and then I think we found out that we were on the main stage when they posted the schedule. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. mm -hmm. we mm -hmm. we didn't know ahead of time that like we were one of two fan panels or that there would be nine. Nothing in the email told us that up until the moment they posted the schedule and it became public to everyone we were under the assumption it was like a side room. Who was the other fan like, panel? Uh, oh, the kitchen geez. table magic, I think. The casual mm -hmm. cube okay. one. Yeah. Um, but every other panel was led by or in some way like Directed orchestrated by, by, by Watsy. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I, I believe they were all had staff other than the Game Nights panel, but Game Nights is sponsored by Wizards of the Coast. So like, yeah, yeah. It's very likely that the people who did like Phyrexian Philology, uh, who was a panel of Wizards of the Coast staff, were like asked to do that presentation. They probably did not submit. I likely what happened at at my at our Magic Con thirty at our Magic thirty panel. Uh, there were like there was someone who asked about the Phyrexian language, and then Matt Danner was like, "Oh, is that something you'd like to see?" Which is you know a theme. And uh, like the entire crowd went wild, <laughs> uh-huh. and I knew right then and there there was, I knew there was going to be a Phyrexian <laughs> panel, mm-hmm. I, um, which God. was so good. God. By the way, if you have not been, yeah, if you haven't watched it, go watch it. It's not great. not only a Phyrexian language panel, but the Beatles and Grimm thing um, is coming with a like a forty some page booklet breaking down the language, and like. for a thing that like less than a year ago they were like we're never releasing any public information about any of this and like yeah it's pretty awesome like in in one year we have gone from oh my god i get to make tamio say phyrexian spoken phyrexian in arena there's going to be spoken phyrexian for the literal first time ever in anything to yeah we're just publishing a book that has a whole bunch of stuff in it and uh, I think that's pretty awesome. Uh, I don't know much about the internal machinations around this language. I know it's existed for a while. And I think maybe nobody noticed that or like no nobody saw the the potential for this to be a thing that people would latch on to this hard. Um but turns I, out, you know, nerds of sci-fi and fantasy like alternate languages. Well, yeah, I mean, you look at the things Trekkies have done with Klingon and like Lord of the Rings fan have done with Elvish. And it's just like, yeah, bring on the Phyrexian. It was we, you know, we we sat and watched uh, the Phylog- Phylology panel, which was fantastic. Again, it's on YouTube on the Wizards channel. Go watch it. Mary Catherine and Bella are fantastic, and we're going to have them on the podcast soon. I'm so ex- I'm so excited. They're the, they're the Phyrexian language experts. Yeah. Uh. Uh, uh. So let's talk. Let's talk more about our panel. So uh-huh. we obviously January sixth, we were given a deadline of February 9th where we needed to turn in our submit our presentation for approval. Uh, so we did what we uh, ordinarily do. We created an outline like we were making a very detail oriented episode. Uh, and then we created a shared Google slides uh, and started throwing images in it. And then Carrie made it look fan freaking tastic. <laughs> it looked it looks so good. Yeah. Like Carrie, you did such an amazing. You really elevated it. I was really happy when we were uh, backstage waiting to start and we could see the preview on a monitor. And it was just that first panel with the Phyrexian Vorthos cast logo pulsing the green. I'm like, this is so good. It looks so <laughs> did good. You, did y'all notice that we had a green light behind us when we were presenting? And I don't think any other group did. I might be speaking out my butt, but I'm pretty sure everyone else had like a red background and we got green. Oh, they might have set know. it up because it was in our color scheme for our logo. Yeah. Um, 
So yeah, carrot. We we worked on it over the course of a few weeks. Uh, we rehearsed for about an hour after our recorded episodes for three or four weeks in advance. Once we had the presentation fully together, um, so we had like three rehearsals before we actually mm-hmm. went to the show. Yeah, one very very uh, rough yeah. one, just figuring out what we're actually saying, and then yeah, two, I... we have our bullet points. We just need to get into the rhythm and figure out. Mm-hmm. Um, what transitions to make and then it was time we all traveled oh, well lorelei didn't have too far to travel i uh, I, I drove i drove about oh go ahead Laura. like 35 to 40 minutes from my house to the convention center <laughs> <laughs> i drove about two and a half hours which makes me sad because i used to live on the other side of baltimore and it was like just an easy 90 minutes to philly from northern baltimore but now i live out in middle of nowhere western maryland not really like i'm in a i'm in i'm about an hour from two major cities but yeah <laughs> um it wasn't too bad and then uh, carrie had the most significant drive yeah i drove seven hours there but i had an audiobook that i needed to finish so it was good <laughs> there you go and then chris and brian managed to hop on the same flight and they flew in together and i picked them up at the airport quote managed as if we didn't plan it in advance <laughs> if, <laughs> if tickets on like the same day if that flight got delayed or canceled we would be we would be quite screwed. a bit yeah, yeah. Trouble. Uh, no Lorelai and i could have talked it over but <laughs> we just we we could have done it it just would have sucked but yeah that was that was a fun experience though it was like uh brian came over the night before and stayed over and we like Got to hang out a little bit and then go to the airport together and stuff. So it was it was cool. It was, it was yeah, nice. it was it was great. Uh, one of my partners is a judge and was judging at the event, and so uh, um, they stayed over uh, the night before, and you know, obviously we roomed together, and so we just kind of drove in the next day and got to like spend a weekend together, but like not together. It's so it's almost like a little work trip for us. Um, <laughs> But, uh, oh yeah, a hundred percent. I, I mean, started it, referring to it as a business trip. I, I mean, it literally was for her. But um, yeah, it was it was nice. It was fun. Again, hadn't seen anyone else on the show in four years. Yeah, it was really good. It was nice because it felt like we all just clicked again, in even in person. Like there was no like awkwardness of we haven't seen each other in four years because you know we talk every week uh and at the very least we we talk almost daily if you're talking just about text chats in our discord yeah yeah we we do talk to each other this this, <laughs> this is true um but yeah we we all got there and uh philly was really cool it was um the weather was awful the first like What's... morning when we got there and then immediately became really nice like right after lunch and i appreciated that yeah it was like sweaty and it was, like humid it was the swampiest february day i have ever felt in philadelphia i'm sorry on behalf of this city i apologize to everyone at the event on friday it was miserable it cooled down by the evening and saturday was really nice and then sunday it started to get a little warm again but um god uh, let me tell you the rest of this week has been miserable it was over 60 today Oh, yeah, it was in the 70s here in Maryland, by yeah, the way. Yeah, aw- awful. Why is it this warm? It's February. It's February, and we've gotten almost no snow this winter, and I'm very upset. Ah. Yeah, we just got a new sled, too, for that earlier in the fall. 
but anyway, so Friday, we was mostly us. We checked in. Uh, we got settled. We got our badges. My name wasn't in the system. So we had to figure that out because I was I, I had bought badges and I guess I never had a speaker badge actually registered to me. Um, and then we figured out, you know, what was going on with our swag bags. We found out we could get them on for on Sunday. Uh, we, as we were walking around, we ran into, uh, some friends like Shivam, um, from, you know, casual magic and his new one with Shivam and Matt love magic. What's the name of the new one with, with a uh, Ben, Ben with Ben Wheeler. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we, we met a lot of people. We met a lot of people who are, uh, patrons of the cast, uh, people we know and jammed in like the command zone for a while. You you got to play the smallest game of Commander ever with um, uh, uh, Megan from Infinite <laughs> Tokens. Yeah, that was uh, Saturday. Yeah, yeah, that was a lot of fun. It it all it all kind of blurs together, but it was it was a lot of fun. I think the command zone was the the problem is people who wanted to come hang out with us. Not everyone had command zone access, so we ended up just hanging out in the tables right in front of the command so, zone. Yeah, like. And the command zone was also like at least a third empty the whole time. I understand the complaints from uh, the Vegas event were largely, uh, hey, there's not enough free play space. And there's not enough command zone space where like people have command zone access and there's literally no room. They clearly were like, hey, we're going to demolish the floor space at the philadelphia convention center because the commands i never saw the command zone fully filled up um i never saw a free play space fully filled up um there were so many places to play magic there's also a gp going on Mm -hmm. at the same time which also helped alleviate the the, there there was like a whole second floor to the Uh, con incorrect there was a pro tour uh the yeah the the pro tour was on one floor and then the the tournament hall uh downstairs was just all the tournament space which also i i didn't poke my head in there that often mm-hmm. but i also did not see i didn't see anything 100% filled up which means there was ample space for everything for for those of you who were uh, a little more socially shy uh there were also like play spaces outside of the Mm -hmm. main hall too which i thought was really nice so like if you wanted to go play at a table away from the giant crowd of people there were spaces for that like Mm -hmm. you could go play like in a separate room down the hall yeah i didn't Um, actually dip into any of those rooms but i was happy mm -hmm. they existed there was a quiet room as well yeah Mm -hmm. they they had a quiet i think there were a couple quiet rooms um, a, a, a lot of the meeting rooms along that front hallway. If you know the Philadelphia Convention Center, that hallway. Uh, As many from, of our listeners do know, the Philadelphia Convention yeah, Center. Yeah, coming from uh, Jefferson Station um, and the hotel. Uh, a lot of those were play space uh, and and there was just so many places to play magic which was nice mm-hmm. also shout out to reading terminal market the mvp of the weekend as it is with <laughs> any con in philly <laughs> uh, there was so much so good. good food so many options it was so crowded i kind of almost had a breakdown at one point it was um, so it was fine though uh when we went for lunch on friday was literally the least crowded i have ever seen it it was magical. It was pretty, yeah. It was, we got uh, food within like 10 minutes then. <laughs> uh, Saturday and Sunday was typical crowds, which was 
mm-hmm. a lot of them ridiculous yeah. um there was also like plenty of space to eat outside uh around the convention center uh which was nice mm-hmm. i think i think we just kind of stood against the wall the one time but uh kay and i found uh tables uh, a little further down. Oh yeah, Kay. So, uh, Kay Arsenal Rivera uh, is like a con buddy. <laughs> so, so she hung out with us for a, a good chunk of the weekend. She's she's great people. Like she's a lot of fun. Can I can I say that it was slightly maddening to walk into the convention center? I met you guys. I met up with you guys there after the Phyrexian language panel, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, you guys had K with you, but Jade did not introduce her as K. So Oh yeah, I introduced her. I introduced yeah, yeah. And yeah. so I was just like, who is this person? Like, am I supposed who to, is this am I supposed to woman? know this person? And the worst part is like obviously we've Vorthos cast has interviewed her. Shivam's podcast has interviewed her. Like I've listened to her quite a well, bit, but I've never We've seen... actually never had her on the podcast. What? K's never been on? No, no. Uh, that's what that we were talking about. We gotta, <laughs> we gotta fix that soon. But um, yes, obviously familiar with her and her enthusiasm for magic. But um, yeah, I'm I'm the interview shy person, so I do not do generally interview podcasts on like when we have guests on because I'm terrible at talking. So <laughs> there you go. Oh, don't worry, I exist. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, we also we also spent a decent amount of time hanging out at the art show, which was yes. one of my favorite yeah. parts of the con. We went um, every day. Yeah, it was like across the street from the actual convention center in this little gallery space. Uh, it was ran by Vorthos Mike or Mike Lineman um, and like a whole group. There was a lot of people. He he was not the only person. He will admit to that. Like it was a team effort. Uh, but I didn't know anyone else. So it was Mike's thing. Uh, but it was really, really cool. There was different art every day. There was a brand new piece of art for an unreleased card on Sunday that was gorgeous. Um, it was just one of the coolest things ever to see, like all of this magic art from years and years. I mean, like we saw the cover art for the Thran. Oh, yeah. That was my favorite, I think. Uh, besides the getting to stand next to and bask in Dak Faden's glory, uh, <laughs> the cover art, the original cover art for the, Fran- for the Thran was just amazing. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Huge, uh, high quality, like, I, I'm, I'm mad, like, a lot of those early covers, we need to see more of them because they exist and they're big and you could get like amazing high quality scans of them and it's just because they're all from like the 90s and stuff they're just sitting on someone's wall somewhere speaking of stuff just laying around from the 90s uh they had dug up a bunch of sketches from uh concept sketches from the original phyrexia art book or uh, Mm -hmm. art book uh god book from from Mm -hmm. internal design stuff that people everyone thought had just been lost and they tracked a bunch down i don't mike pulled out all the stuff this was a cool cool show everyone screamed at wish of the coast to have art shows uh at all the things i think my one complaint uh was that it was not in with the rest of the convention stuff and, yeah mm-hmm. and there's you know you <laughs> you know we joke you you can't just like alligator clip magic art 
inside a convention hall, right? Like, turns out when you have thousands and tens of thousands of dollars worth of art, hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of art, you need insurance. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and also, and also, like, it's an if you're gonna do like a gallery space, that has to look nice, but like that can happen inside a convention hall, but that requires more planning and and things like that. I would like to see the because because a question i got a lot this weekend is where is the art show because it was across Mm -hmm. the street in a different building um i mean even we thought we walked into the art of mtg which was the artist's alley basically yeah looking for where the art show installation was set up Uh, i i didn't do that i knew it was across the street that was (laughs) all i had so i'd seen the planeswalker banner it was not posted in the magic con 30 app that they had there wasn't really any signage i had just seen it by chance because i walked in the long way from uh opposite and exit and had seen a planeswalker banner in the window and pieced things together later once i didn't see it on the show floor so yeah just just more like literally just a printed sign that says like and exit this way to go across the street for the art show so fun fact Fun fact about that Phyrexian God book. Uh, when we were doing developing the Phyrexian panel for Magic 30 mm-hmm. uh, is when we learned Mark Tadine. So back in the day, they had made like four or five copies with all of their concept art. Basically like a very early version of Magic's World Guide is what we're talking yeah. about. Specifically for Phyrexians. A lot of that material ended up in the Art of Wrath mm-hmm. uh, art book. Uh, but it turns out, you know, Mark Tadine, as one of the principal concept artists for Phyrexia, uh, he had one and no one realized it until we were working on that panel. And we're like, you know, that's been lost for like decades, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> he's like, uh, he's like, oh, well, I've got it all. <laughs> like, oh, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it was it was cool to see a, like those those early internal concept sketches to a lot of the finished artwork from like Invasion Block to uh, I don't remember if there's anything from Time Spiral Block. Things there was early Mirrodin stuff. Um, uh, right, but then we then we had uh, uh, OG Mirrodin Block, we had Scars of Mirrodin Block, and we had you know current Phyrexia stuff. So we kind of spanning all the Phyrexian art from uh kind of the weatherlight saga uh to the present which was really really cool to see there were there were a few other pieces in there um uh general pieces but the primary focus was phyrexia there was uh, a bunch of secret lair uh pieces in there as well which was pretty cool um it's just awesome yeah so day one was phyrexian concept art uh day two was secret lair and day three was finished phyrexian art or complete day three was like a lot of stuff from Frexia Hall will be one. Uh, and then like the preview for mom was there. MagicCon Philly is uh, Mike's home turf as well. So if uh, he don't pull out all the stops for that one, like you, you oh, sh- if you like magic art, you're going to want to go to that one. I, I imagine you mean Minneapolis, the next one. What did I say? You said Philly. <laughs> you oh, said I meant Minneapolis. Yeah, I meant Minneapolis. I'm, just sitting, like when... I'm sitting here like, I would know if Mike was from Philadelphia. 
but also just in general, being able to hang out with folks, especially folks who are fans of the podcast, people, both people from like our discord server and people we've never met before who just came up and like, oh, I listen all the time. That was a really cool experience to have in person. Uh, I, I had uh, late Sunday. I had someone come up to me uh, who had uh, recently found us just Googling about magic lore um because they were they were kind of waning on playing but getting more interested in the lore uh and didn't know what was going on and so was trying to find uh, uh a way uh, to um kind of catch up on stuff and found our podcast and listens to us you know on on drives to work uh during commute and uh was a huge fan uh huge recent fan and that is awesome uh it just it's i was try, trying to to work through in my head a way to say this that didn't sound like a little conceited uh and my brain spat out it's nice to be appreciated which is not non-conceited uh but it's no that's nice that's, but like, that's a good sentiment like it's nice to be appreciated but it's like it's nice to know that the podcast is doing the thing that we want it to do that people are using it as a resource to engage with magic lore better um to to enrich their experiences of the stories and characters and like that was a big part of the panel i think it's a big part of why uh the panel has more views than almost all the other panels is um we we are doing a cool thing that is allowing um a lot of fans of the game uh and by game i mean all the things associated with magic the gathering um, to engage with it more fulfillingly as um, uh, at minimum an entertainment property and for some folks something very deep and meaningful to them um, and it's really cool it's it got you tricked me into uh, being humble and appreciative uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's just really cool to to get to be a part of that so let's talk about uh, the panel. It's the panel day itself and the panel stuff. Uh, so what I'll say, Brian and I roomed together because I had gotten a room with two beds uh, in case my wife and son wanted to come along and maybe do some other Philly stuff while I was doing it. Uh, that ended up not panning out. Uh, so I had an extra bed. Brian stayed with me. Uh, that n The night before, Brian and I ran through our, our stuff again just to feel a little more confident with it. And then the morning of, we all had to meet up. Oh, God, the morning of, we ran around. Because, uh, like... Picked up merch, we... went to the early art show preview, came back, ran through rehearsal for an hour, performed for an hour, did an interview immediately after, signed stuff. Yeah. And then Carrie had to book it. No, <laughs> So let me, let me break down that day a little more. So we would not have had time to see the art show based on when we all had to leave. So, and what the timing of everything was. Uh, so, um, we went to see it. Mike, Mike let us in a little bit early. Um, but also we know him. Uh, <clears throat> and we sorry, got that Sorry, done. the throat clearing right there sound really conceited, but, but <laughs> he, he's a no-no. No, so. that was just, that was just me him. not knowing what to say next. Damn it, Lorelai, I usually cut the throat clearing out of the podcast, and now I have to leave that no, one No, that in. one has to stay in. Uh, no, once again, shout out to Mike Linneman, who is literally the goddamn man. Uh, literally, literally one quirk, and it's being awesome. <laughs> so, uh, what you should know 
about the day of your panel, if you get accepted, is you need to check in about 90 minutes in advance in the green room. Uh, this time it was just off the off the stage. It was like behind the curtains. Um, <clears throat> you check in so that they know you're there and that they can plan on you being there. Uh, and then you need to come back about 30 minutes before so that all of you can get mic'd up and stuff. Um, so we between like we checked in ran to see the art show real quick ran back uh and we ran through our panel one last time in advance made sure anyone who wanted to have like uh note cards had them with them to remind them of stuff i usually need that kind of thing because while i can ramble i frequently lose my train of thought and so if i can just look back and see tamio like i'll know to to go back get back on track there I wrote out very detailed note cards uh, and then didn't look at them once. <laughs> <laughs> well, by then that had been that was like our fourth or fifth rehearsal for this, right? Like we we know the material. Um, it was really just and we we made our put ourselves at ease by doing these rehearsals over and over again with what we were going to say. Oh, I, I don't. My plan from day one was to sit up there and wing it. No note <laughs> cards. So then we. Then we got we got we got the microphones. We walked up on stage. It's like a nerve wracking minute, and then we started just doing our show. And I felt like we just clicked. Obviously, we were nervous. We may have repeated one or two jokes a little too often. Look, okay, it's never. just like the podcast. We milk every joke as much as we can. <laughs> we are insufferable. But I mean, honestly, it felt like we you know as soon as we were up there and started going and started introducing ourselves, I felt like we kind of clicked. And uh, it, we're, it was just another episode at that point. Yeah. It was no longer like, oh, my God, we're mm -hmm. on stage in front of these people. It's, oh, we do this every week. Yeah, like li literally I've done this a hundred times. It's this time I'm just on stage and there's, you know, a hundred people out there or whatever, whatever. Yeah. One of the uh, one of the crew members said something to us along the lines of like, I can't I don't understand how you keep all this magic story in your head all the time. It's like we do this every week. <laughs> it's like you, this is actually not that special i mean like grand it was a very special experience but the the episode that we did on stage is very similar to what we would do in a normal podcast episode yeah. which, which is like part of the intent uh, uh mm -hmm. i don't know but, no, but podcast it's we can cut out like awkwardness and stuff but yeah other than that i don't know if it's that similar because usually we would be like this is going to be like 35 minutes and then we would run to an hour <laughs> uh, i it was really when we got asked like how do you keep all this in your head it was really hard not to just immediately snap back autism um, <laughs> but but that's the answer uh if you want to if you really want to know a game lore uh in-depthly and remember it all uh have autism get vaccinated <laughs> 17 times if it if that's what it takes um Lorelai, why? Uh, oh, because I'm a bad person. I don't know. Um, I, that physically hurt me as a public health person. Uh, vaccines, to be clear, vaccines. Uh, Jay is making me say this. Uh, vaccines do not cause autism. Jay is making you say, <laughs> yes, I would be very mad at you if we didn't clarify that for people. Uh, side note, also, when we submitted this presentation in advance, um, you know, you might have gotten feedback. Like if you're looking to do this in the future, you might get feedback and you might need to rework some things. Yeah. Uh, we got no notes. In fact, our notes were no notes. We're excited to see this up on the screen at the con. So, you know, 
a little little humble brag there. That's shout out to Carrie uh, for putting together just such an awesome looking uh, show. Can I can I also say no, no notes, which included the Commodore Guff joke, which literally none of us knew was going to matter (laughs) three days later when Commodore Guff shows up in an image on weekly MTG for Commander Master's Commander deck. And <laughs> I lost my mind when I saw that. Uh, I was like, I, just, I saw it pop up in the Discord because I wasn't watching it live. And I'm, I just, I started to lose it. I started to spiral. I'm like, God. what is happening right now? I, I, <laughs> I so, Blake, Blake was in the green room. Blake was in the green room watching yeah. our presentation. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> Your life moves forward through sheer incomprehensible luck and happenstance. That's the theme of the night. <laughs> if, I, if I had to guess the breakdown, it's like 8% of people probably recognized Commodore Guff and understood the joke. Um, like 90% probably had no idea who this character was and didn't understand the joke regardless of context, but knew that it was like a, some some type of character from Magic. It was past. a silly looking and character. And two percent yeah. of people were insistent that we accidentally spoiled something. <laughs> that uh-huh. we accidentally leaked something. Yeah, and it turns out we did. Just we didn't. <laughs> not not like on purpose or for real. Like we just didn't know, and we happened the to I- do a joke about Commodore Guff. Also, the idea that we would accidentally leak something, and then they'd edit and cut that and upload it to the <laughs> YouTube channel without, <laughs> without any like actual censorship of what we had leaked. Yeah, I cannot stress enough to any of you out there who are listening to this out of spite because you watched us on YouTube and hated it. Um, we are not Wizards of the Coast employees for the most part. Um, you, we we are not at all. I mean, Wizards none of us are Wizards of the Coast employees. Yeah, we're, yeah. two of us uh, are freelancers who contract with them. But yeah, yeah, because yeah, because there there were people who had this idea that we were just like Watsy staff. Um, we are not. We were a fan yeah. panel. I, I think it was evident from our behavior up there that that was our, <laughs> that was four out of five of us our first time being on stage performing for people. So we had to. You know, I'm a theater a major. Bit. Yeah. Well, C- Carrie, I have a degree. I, in, I've performed on stage in front of all sorts of people, including kindergartners. I know what it's like to be judged. Oh, you got my background <laughs> Car- Carrie, my background is in film. Like, <laughs> perform, re- take it back. Doing a live performance doing this specific, of this specific cast, panel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's, uh, none of it's us, different than the other. None of us are trained how to be um on stage talking to each other for an hour and where exactly to look so i'm just like cutting between you all and the audience and you all in the audience and not doing anything in particular with my body just kind of like sitting there like i don't know it's see I, I if you want to be more entertaining than us then i i beg you please do because i'm sure you can be more funny and deliver more lore information but like we were there. So. <laughs> I, I do want to say uh, in terms of audiences, um, I was a little nervous about performing in front of a bunch of Magic the Gathering fans. 
Uh, but they were a lot more uh, like well behaved than the like children I've performed in front of. <laughs> None of them yelled at me on stage. So shout out that to was, y'all. That was a salt. Even yeah. if you hated it, thank you so much for not yelling out that at no, us while no we one were shouted while I was on stage, going, "Who the heck is that guy?" Um, pointing at me. So way better improvement over Blues Clues Live. I will tell you that. <laughs> Who did uh, you I, play in Blues I, Clues Live? Uh, see, yeah, I didn't play a character with a name, which is why that kid was very justified yeah. in yelling, who the heck is that guy? Because guess what? Didn't have a name. I was ensemble. Before we get too far from it, I, I do also uh, want to say, um, had we accidentally or purposefully leaked anything about March of the Machine's story, uh, Roy was backstage and would have choked us out Homer Simpson style. So, uh, you know, we we were aware of the danger. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> there was there was both Blake and Roy back there uh, and we would not have made it to our interview, which is the next thing we should talk about. So interview afterwards, I think only two of us were invited, but we all ended up crashing the interview with uh, someone from GameStop, GameSpot, GameSpot I mean, GameSpot. GameSpot. Yeah. What was his name? Was his name GameSpot? was uh, what was his name, Jay? Do you not remember his name? Because I remember his name. It was Jay Finelli. It was Jay Finelli yeah, from Jason from Finelli. Yeah, yeah. All right. So anyway, shout out to Jay Finelli because I introduced this myself. Like such a fictional story that didn't actually happen. Like, oh, there was a there was a Borelli Dysol there. Like, what are you talking about, Jay? It was it was it was hilarious because I sat down and introduced myself. I'm like, I'm Jay and Ellie, and he's like, he's like, I. I, I are you fucking kidding me? Like what? He's like, is that really your name? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, I'm Jay Finelli. I'm Jason Finelli. So yes, um, we were interviewed by uh, Jason Finelli afterwards, uh, which was fun. He was he was a chill dude. Yeah. He had questions about like how people got into Magic Story, how each of us got into Magic Story, what it was like running this podcast for a while, that kind of thing. Uh, the, the article is up. Uh, nothing from our part of the interview because he was interviewing uh, from uh, the mom panel too. Uh, none, none of the stuff from us uh, was in the article, but uh, it's a ni- nice, good overview of what we learned about March of the Machine. So with some some quotes from, uh, I think, Emily and Roy in there. Yeah, I figured we there would be too much of us just talking about our panel in the big interview or our podcast in the in the thing. But anyway, he was a chill dude. It was nice to chat with him. And then afterwards, we went back and there were people waiting for us to like sign stuff. Because you told them to. You didn't. That's true. I did tell them to wait. Yes. Some people we, we missed some people. And I'm sorry about that. Like this happened when I was at Magic 30 as well, because I told some people to wait and then I got pulled for an interview and I was gone for like 15 minutes. So very sorry. Um, but it was very cool if you were there and you got your book signed or you got a Vorthos Gas playmat signed. We gave away, I gave away the last of my uh, Vorthos Cast playmats that I had in reserve. Um, we gave away Vorthos Cast stickers. Uh, we chatted with people, said hello. Um, yeah, it was nice. Uh, it's like that one. That one was one. I was like, oh wow, people are here to see us. Yeah. <laughs> Not just incidentally, they actually brought stuff for us to sign. Uh, literally, if you are ever at a, a magic event where I am also in attendance and you want me to sign something, I will sign literally anything you put in front of me. We've signed Test of Metal, so. 
we we uh, so we'll I, sign anything i i literally signed will's test of metal with a little note that said this is canon and reinhardt has made that come true so thank you <laughs> reinhardt suarez for uh, i also want to point out that will then went on to become a, a writer for magic uh flavor and creative text yeah uh, and was also on the the crew that named the commodore guff card so i'm will, never gonna forgive me, will i'm never, never gonna you. forgive will for 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 being involved with this never I have known him like since the MTGS days, yeah. years and years and years ago. Well, Will, Will's uh, another old timer. As hairless Stockdar. And yeah, he's, mm-hmm. he's a chill dude. I've also heard him uh, referred to as the embodiment of chaos. But, you know, that's like, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. doesn't change him being a chill dude. Yeah. He used to work at and judge at the LGS that I went to for a very long time. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, that's about correct. All right. Let's wrap up. We need to start wrapping this up. <laughs> yeah. We do, should, yeah. All right. We're at we're at just shy of an hour. So let's uh, let's do some some last shout outs like uh, all the cosplayers there were just fantastic. Um, absolutely wonderful. We saw a uh, Yangu and Kaito, uh, both of which had little stuffed animals mm-hmm. to be Mowu and Himoto. Those are just perfection. There was a Ren that was also really good. And these were outside of the cosplayers who were like being paid to be there, you know, like Teferi and uh, uh, Dark Pack cosplay and Tappy Toe Claws and Olivia are always fantastic. Right. There were two Teferis there. There was there was another there was a fan Teferi there who was also really good. And we saw, you know, lots of lots of people who are members of our uh, Discord channel. It was really great seeing uh, cards we worked on previewed on screen because Lorelai, myself and uh, Jason Kaus, who's live listening right now, uh, we had all worked on March of the Machine. And so seeing the cards pop up uh, and that we had named and flavor text all that time ago, it was wonderful. Look, I've watched a lot of debut streams from my cozy, cozy bed. Uh, this was the first time being like in the audience for one of them and the energy, the, like knowing everything in March on the Machine, the energy in the audience when Yargol and Multani was previewed was chef's kiss. Perfect. I want to relive that moment forever. People love Yargol. Besides besides uh, Roy Graham, uh, Emily Tang and Dave Humphreys were on that panel and uh, both did th- this set just knocks it out of the park. It's I cannot wait for March mm-hmm. of the Machine stuff. Uh, em- Emily's on the uh, creative team and and was creative lead for March of the Machine. She's lovely. It's great meeting her in person. Uh, now that I've worked with her, uh, and Dave is uh, um, was the set design lead, I believe. Uh, mm-hmm. That panel. Also, if you haven't watched the March of the Machine first look panel, go watch it. What are you doing? It was so, 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 so good. It was fantastic. Uh, all right. With that, let's uh, should we move on to final thoughts? I guess we can we can move on to final thoughts. Uh, final thoughts is I'm just going to repeat what I just said. March of the Machine looks fantastic, even if the, I keep wanting to say March of Machines from the magic card. Uh, but March of the Machine looks amazing. Even the stuff they just previewed so far looks amazing. Um, if you were expecting something super grim dark and got upset by uh, the Gitrog monster and what is her name? I'm forgetting off the top of my head. Thalia. Yeah, Thalia and the Gitrog monster. Like, just 
just accept it. Like the, the chances of us having an event like this again, um, I mean, it could happen, but they're definitely going to lean into doing the coolest stuff they can do I, uh, in the card sets. Y'all have seen like 10 cards or whatever. This set is I don't have words. It rocks. I can't, I can't wait. Uh, my final thoughts. Uh, two-parter, but very quick. Part one. Uh, final piece of um, final piece of panel advice. Hey, congrats. Your fan panel got accepted to a thing. Uh, go up on stage and dress really freaking gay. I showed up with my, my pride shoelace wedges uh, and a sleeveless button down covered in carnivorous plants and my driving gloves. And I have blue hair and pronouns. Just just do it. People will appreciate it. Uh, second is now that people have seen me do like a big publicity thing. Do you understand why I'm a Booster Gold fan? I love <laughs> that boy. He's just like me for real, for real. That's it. Well, uh, my, my final thought, uh, also a two parter. The first one very much about what we were just talking about. Um, I like I like Magic the Gathering. You know, I'll just say it. I think it's I think it's OK. I think it's pretty cool. Um, I redownloaded Arena to play Magic because getting to play with people was so much fun. I'm just I want to do it more. Uh, my other final thought is Destiny 2 Lightfall. Good. It's like out like tomorrow um, <laughs> as of like day of release or whatever. It, I'm moon power, moon blast, activate. I, I've we're recording this and I'm only like two hours removed from watching the final Lightfall trailer and losing my mind. I'm so There was also a Baldur's Gate 3 trailer. That's how uh, I think August 31st was, they said was the, the release date. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> a shout out to Allison Lurz, who worked on both these games and who is living mm-hmm. today. <laughs> um. <laughs> we need to get Allison on for an episode about like Destiny or something. Anyways, let's just, let's carry final thoughts. <laughs> So my final thought at the panel, I was going to do something selfish, but then I was like, no, I should thank the story team and the fact that we have like such a big story finale and people are obviously excited for it and built up to this moment. But what I wanted to say was like, and please, for the love of God, let there be plane chase. But now there's plane chase. Plane chase is back, baby. I'm so excited. I knew that would have been perfect setup and we would have just been like guff plane chase everything in order. (laughs) Carrie, do do you know what it's been like to listen to you make jokes about plane chase returning for like the moment we learned about Realm Breaker? You have been shouting plane chase commander, plane chase commander. And every time I've been like, I can't tell you that it's happening. I can't tell you that Ethan Fleischer made this happen. And like, thank God they revealed it. Just thank oh, God. I'm so happy they did. Uh, Cause we're getting commander plane chase pre-cons. It's wild that we finally get plane chase back and that it's not, it doesn't seem to be just like a whole bunch of new planes as they are being invaded by Phyrexia. It seems to be nope. like fresh slate of plane chase cards, yep. plane neutral, not going to be um, as influenced by the invasion going on right now as yeah I it is it would be. they are they are um they are plain chase cards as in they will mix in with everything well yeah yeah right they, we saw uh, tuashi yeah I, I i think each deck is 10 plain chase cards five new ones four reprints and one reprint phenomenon i think was the breakdown yeah something like that but new plain chase has been it has been far too long and i am forever an advocate of this format as somebody who loves 
um, seven player, you know, three and a half hour long commander uh-huh. games where everybody <laughs> yeah, is no. just getting a goat token regardless of whether they are conscious or not. Um, <laughs> it, it, it has been over. I, I think the last time we saw Phyrexia, you know, in, in Scars Black was the last time we had Plane Chase. Plane Chase fans have been starving. March of the Machine, Plane Chase fans going to be eaten good. And I think Mark answered a question on Tumblr that was like pl- new plane chase stuff if or when and he labeled it like a if and like said it was conditional or something and i was like i feel like we're not getting it now and then <laughs> a week we'll or see so mark after. i can com- i i see those answers from mark when i know what the reality is yeah. but he has to answer as if uh-huh. he didn't have future knowledge right yeah like you know at at this time when these current set releases were not out it was not a sure thing for for at all. I, I need plane chase to always be a win. I need it to be not even a question. It should be guaranteed with every release. We should get more and more planes until <gasps> I just have a plane chase. Uh, until my 2011 plane or 2012 plane chase container with the um, Takanuma on it is overflowing magic gathering plane chase until it's full and then no more because those things are expensive now. All right, I'm wrapping this up. I'm done. Do it. Not mm-hmm. even a segue. Patreon. Patreon.com slash the Vorthos cast. Support our show. Everyone gets on Discord. Discord is great. People are lovely there. So many people talking about predictions for March of the Machine. People just like you. You could be a person just like you around people <laughs> just like you. And we're losing it. Take us out, Jay. Thank you all for listening. This has been the five years of the Vorthos cast. And right, can you do that normal too? Stop. So if I need this to... has been five years <laughs> of the Vorthos cast.